the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be sure, the moral crisis we face here in our country is a moral crisis that began at home. So how do we fix the broken family? Well, let's talk about that next. As the family goes, so goes the country. And that one you can take to the bank. Welcome to Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to our series, A Nation in Moral Crisis. We'll be spending time as well in the book of Daniel to get some insights and to glean some answers to the problems that we face today. Healing the Broken Family is the title of our message today. Please join us. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. The home is no better than the people who lead it. That seems brilliant. That we get the same thing, my home. It's over here, my home. Well, we got to first of all fix you. You, husband, assuming, uh, unless you're a single parent, let's say husband, wife, assuming that. And so I think what I hear a lot of is what we would call fatalistic determinism. You like that? Fatalistic determinism goes this way. I am what I am. This is the way God made me. And this is the way I want to go out. It's just the way I am. You've got to accept me. This is the way I am. What, obnoxious? Rude? Hot-headed? Inconsiderate? Uh, a liar, a this and a that, you mean that's what I've got to accept? What we're going to look at in Ephesians that I think is quite amazing, that even to saved people, they still need to be told what the template looks like. Because these people are coming out of pure paganism. As a whole, they've never been under the law. They've never been under any of the moral teaching of Moses and right through the Old Testament. These are Gentile pagans. All they've been doing is going to pagan temples. And Ephesus was run by Dionysus, the drunken goddess, or Bacchus. So they know nothing about what home life should be from a divine viewpoint. But what strikes me is how much you've got to tell new converts to change in their life, even though they're born again. You think all of this is automatic, right? God doesn't need to tell a believer to stop lying. Well, he told them to stop lying. I wonder if they were lying. I wonder if they were lying. Or if he just thought that'd be a nice line, stop lying. I know, I know all of you are tooth tellers, but I just thought I'd just throw that in there. No, no, no. 
And, and if you get around theology guys, they love to make this contrast. You won't even appreciate it. The gospel is indicative. The mood of reality. What Christ has done. And reformed men love the indicative. The radical guys actually believe there's imperatives. After I know what I am in Christ, I'm seated in Christ in Ephesians 1. I've been chosen. I've been elected. I've been predestined. All that glorious stuff. But when it gets in the second half of the book, because you've been this, I, this is what I'm telling you to do. And it's not a works righteousness. It's the righteousness the gospel brings about. Because the gospel brings me to Christ. And it also gets me the Holy Spirit. Hear me. Get this line. I don't want you to forget this. God is always against us thinking we earn his favor. Have you followed me? Now, but, now get the second half. But he is never against us making effort to be like him. I'm not earning my righteousness. But I'm working all the time on acting righteous. It takes an effort. I'm in the good fight for the faith. Some days it takes all of me just to control my mood and my attitude. And I'm saved to the bone. So now, I am not locked in, well, that's the way you are. I, you know, the genetic, I'm an alcoholic because of genes. I'm a killer because of genes. I'm a pedophile because, you mean, you're just locked in. You can never change. Right. This is not Christianity. The gospel begins changing individuals. I'm going to try to show you the change he says he wants to make in them. And then if we get a chance to move and at least examine four family systems that may be in your family because of either you've changed or you haven't. We'll just see how far we get. Okay? I'm not preaching. I'm just yelling. Okay? So just... I wish we could go two hours. And I know you think the sermons feel like that. But uh, look at verse 17. Uh, Ephesians 4. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk. If he was writing, he would say just as the Californians who don't know God. In the emptiness of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Notice this. And they, having become callous, they can't feel anymore. They have no sensitivity towards God or others. They've given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. So that is what the Gentile world, that's what they look like. But you did not learn or get discipled. Same word. You didn't learn Christ this way. If indeed you've heard him and you've been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you, you what? You lay aside the old self or the old man. It's really the words man. And it's your old life in Adam. Your old unsafe state. Put away, put away 
the old lifestyle, the habits, the manner of thinking and living that you had when you were a pagan outside of Christ. That's what he's saying. Just put that behind you. Is that possible? Okay. It seems to be just natural, the born again. But maybe, obviously, they're new believers. They've come over, and they're confused. Like I said, they haven't had the law. They haven't had the moral guidance of the Old Testament. They don't know where, what's right, what's wrong, uh, what should we do. What He says, put away the old manner of life. Well, man... Uh, I used to eat breakfast. Do I still eat breakfast? Well, he's going to go and tell them the old life that they need to get rid of. Put away the old man, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12. We have a new way of thinking. Until God changes the way you have your outlook He'll never change the way you live. He changes the thinking first. The Christian life is lived between the ears and then it's transferred to the hands and the feet. It starts here, the way you think. That's why all the garbage you're taking in, shaping you, is addressed to the mind. To get you to think a certain way, think a certain way. So whatever you do, you need to protect your mind and what you've been taught to think. This is the hardest part. That's why the study of the word, it is hard work, but you have ingrained prejudice and ingrained wrong thinking, and it's going to take the powerful word of God to dislodge it. So he goes on. Uh, Be renewed, and that you put on the new man, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and the holiness of the truth. Okay, put on this new man. Now, he's going to start, by contrast, he's going to say, this is what I mean. This is the old manner of life I want you to put off. And this is the new I want you to put on. He's going to make it clear. Put off the old, put on the new. Okay? Let's see what he wants them to put off and put on. It's like taking off the old clothes and putting on new clothes. Watch what he says. It's just so straightforward. And why are we here when we're talking about the home? If God can't change you as an individual, how could you expect him to change your home? If you won't do this as a dad or a mom in charge of a family, how... Could you ever think he could change your home? And I was just sharing a few weeks back. I say it again because it struck me so strong. When my son-in-law, Jason, told me that his mother was a single mother, dad, mom married, then broke up, and she moved to Sacramento as a single mom, and he said it wasn't until he was in the fourth grade that his mother was saved. But up to that time, many men in and out of her life. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. But in the fourth grade, he said, 
I remember when my mother got saved. The mail traffic started and stopped. The visitors stopped. And we were in a little holiness church in Sacramento. We went to church five nights a week. All we had was God. And I could hear my mother praying in that other room, help me to raise this boy. And many a Sunday, he was sent back by his mother and asked one of the deacons for $5 because they had it figured out. At Kentucky Fried Chicken, you get two pieces of chicken and one biscuit. And that's what they had for their Sunday meal. I know when Christ changed my mother, and that's what made me want to come to Christ. Now, I wonder if your kids have ever seen God change you. Or were all the changes made by the time they got here? That's wonderful. A lot of you got your act together before you had children. But many of you had children before you got saved. Did they see God change you? Has there been any transformation? Well, this is a very straightforward list. Pardon me for the basics of it. Would you put away lying? And would you start telling the truth? Simple. Well, I don't ever lie. Never did. I'm lying right now. We're all born liars. All little kids lie. They know how to escape consequences, work around it. And we lie a lot. We withhold information. Or we try to make an impression. Uh, telling the truth is hard business. It's hard. It, it's uh, hard as a pastor. It's easier for me to tell it up here than to tell it to you one-on-one. Because I want you to like me. And if you knew what I really thought about you, I don't think we'd be friends. And you're the same way. Don't tell me. You're judging me right now. I, I remember David Toddler, no, it was Ted Montoya would have said, I don't like preaching at Valley. And I said, why not, Ted? He said, man, you get graded every Sunday. I said, well, welcome to it, son. Get over it. Big boy. Well, I want everyone to like me and to preach like you do at that stage. They're grading you. They don't think everything you do is outstanding. They got an opinion. And you're all judging me like the Dickens right now. I get judged by you every Sunday. I had a man ask me, a businessman one time, and he says, who do you answer to? I said, well, I answer to God, I answer to the elders, I answer to Dickens, and I answer to you every Sunday because you're grading me. Anybody else? Plus Carolyn. <laughs> she looks easy, though. Yeah, I'm judged all the... That's okay. And lying... Oh, that was a great sermon. You don't have to say that. Some I just say, oh me, oh my. Like that one guy said, some graduate summa cum laude and some graduate laude how come. (laughs) You know, not everything's that great. Doesn't have to be. Stop lying. Do you lie in the marriage? My mom was a nice woman, but she sure knew how to keep my dad in the dark where she's spending money. The jewel tea man came to our house every week and she'd buy stuff on credit and this and that. And she, oh, he never knew it. Didn't need to know it. Just keep him working. How we lie. We can lie so many ways. Honey, do you love me with all my heart? Hmm. Just tell me some more lies. 
tell me I'm beautiful. Honey, I love you, but at the shape you're in now, if you go to a photographer, don't ask for justice, ask for mercy. Now the woman told the photographer, do me justice. said, woman, you need mercy. Um, let's uh, move him right along. Here, get put falsehood aside and tell everybody the truth. Isn't that simple? That's simple but hard. Um, in all of our relationships. He uh, goes on. Uh, things like this. He would say, well, by the way, uh, get rid of sinful anger and just be angry without sin. And boy, it is hard to be angry without sin. You can do it, obviously. But James says, usually when you're angry, you don't do anything right. And the most common expression for our anger is blow up or clam up. Uh, when I was unsaved and I was with guys, I'd blow up because I could cuss them and fight them, you know, on the streets. That's fine. As long as I thought I had a chance. Otherwise, I'd just get my mouth shut, get away. I knew they're bigger, could beat me up. It was amazing how my anger stayed under control when the guy was bigger. I just had instant control. Didn't even need the Holy Spirit. I just knew I didn't have time to heal up. No anger problem. But if I thought I had a chance, boom, cuss you, hit you. Hey, I got relief. The other guy's bleeding. I feel vindicated. Then I got saved. And you can't go around hitting everybody. Especially when you're the pastor. It's like the man that asked his mother why he should go to church. He said, well, number one, it pleases the Lord. Number two, it's a good habit. Number three, you're the pastor. You should go. Anger, I had to learn because you know what I did in the church? I learned to become a stuffer. And that is so spiritual. Just stuff it. How you doing? Just wonderful. Praise his name. You're lying right through your teeth. You're not doing wonderful. You're ticked. What are you ticked about? I, I just can't share. And Rich Rollins was the best person I ever had to work. Some days we'd, have, we'd meet together for our meetings. And he said, uh, you're angry about something, aren't you? And I said, no. Godly men don't get angry. He said, well, this godly man's angry. What are you angry about? Come on, tell me. I can take it. He said, I fight less with you than I do with Luann. I'm married to her. And he draw it out of me. And I just say, yeah, I'm really ticked about this. He said, you feel better? I said, I do. I didn't lie. I got it out. Isn't it simple? Rich, I miss you. I got someone I could tell off when I'm angry. He's a big boy. He could handle it. Said, big deal. Anger's a way of life. It's just what you do with it. It's a real emotion. Ask James Novel, man, he'd get angry quick. He's from Richmond. That's how we get along. He's got, man, don't you be telling me. And I think, oh, this sounds so familiar. Just where I grew up. But then, what do I do with it? I'm angry. Uh, uh, where do you go with it? Do you blow up and do damage? Do you clam up? And isn't this what happens in early marriage, especially? Uh, my wife 
grew up in a home that was lost to alcohol. And so when she got married, Carolyn wanted peace at any cost. A very peace-loving gal because she saw her dear mom and dad to her split. And it broke her heart. So in our marriage, besides being a wonderful Christian, she wanted peace at all costs. And so I won all arguments. I won all this. I won all the time. She let me win. It didn't matter that much to her. But guess what started happening? She started clamming up. She could not resolve a conflict at the time we had it. Because I'm in there, the scrapper. You got that? Oh, score, I won. How many know I didn't win? I did not win. No, 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 no. I lost. And at night, in the early days, she would be over there and sometimes she'd whimper. Sometimes she'd have to write me a letter maybe two or three days later because she couldn't articulate it without breaking down. So she'd write out her thoughts. It was very hard for a peace-loving woman as my wife to solve conflict. It, it was hard. It would go internal and what uh, she didn't get means she would be crushed. And whew, I, I, I can get emotional thinking about it. Because she didn't want to fight. I was the fighter. And no one less than God claimed my clock. And he just gets me like this in prayer. I went to pray one day. I said, Lord, I love you. He said, no, you don't. Lord, you've never said that before. I can't love anybody that does his wife the way you're doing yours. Well, I thought your love was unconditional. Right now it's conditional. I was on my knees. He said, pick up a phone now and apologize to that daughter of mine. That's my daughter. That's not just your wife. She was my daughter before she was your wife. I own her. You don't. She's a gift to you. You don't own her. Men, you don't own your wife. God could take her out any day. She's divine property if she's a believer. I said she's divine property. You're messing with a blood-bought person. So don't marry a Christian woman because her father is God and he's going to clean your clock. You ain't that bad, honey. He can handle you. He can handle you. More than your sex life is going to go. Maybe your sanity. And the problem was, okay, she's going internal. She didn't know where else to go. This is problem. Problematic. I think I can stay. Let me move a little bit further. In the sinful anger, he says, don't live with unsolved conflict. Letting the sun go down on your wrath. Be quick to get resolution as much as possible. Within a 24-hour period, if possible, try to solve the anger issues or the conflict that comes into any human relationship. And he says, do it lest the devil get an advantage. And when you stuff and when you refuse to deal with conflict biblically, uh, Satan gets in there. And now we've got three involved, the two plus Satan. And so he gets a stranglehold on you. And wow, it gets complicated quick. It just starts growing like yeast is in your heart. And it just keeps getting bigger. So he says, deal with the conflict as quick as you can. And then he says something to these believers. Stop stealing. And I think that seems clear. 
But I think something we forget. Go to work so you can become a giver. You see that? Uh, Brother, if you want to get rid of, learn to work, working with your hands, what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Isn't that interesting? Not because you can buy a new, an, another car, but always have a work ethic that includes being benevolent to those who have nothing. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 833 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.